Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. We're worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Um, I've got some vision pages that are newly approved by session back in September, end of September, back on the back if you want to look at our new vision pages. Um, next week, there's a lot going on. Next week is Stewardship Sunday, so make sure you grab one of these. There are pledge cards in the back, and this is so we can adequately plan out working out this vision page in the year 2023, and uh, I'm throwing things all over the front of this congregation. There's also a congregational meeting where the nominating committee will present us with our new our class of 2023 um, deacons and elders to be considered and voted on. And there's jars. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's, there's a bunch of stuff in this thing. So study this thing and there'll be a quiz later in the service about it. We, today we get some new members, which I'm really excited about. Today we get a stewardship testimony uh, from our very own Amy. Um, more importantly, we get to worship our Lord in, in spirit and in truth. But before we do our call to worship, it's a birthday month. It's a lot of birthdays right around here. My little princess turned 13. She has purple hair. Uh, she said we couldn't dye our hair until she was a teenager. She turned teenager. She has purple hair. Uh, today is our very own Cornell's birthday, and Reverend Sharon Yagerliner is birthdays tomorrow. It's also the same day, same year as Lynn Redman. I know he listens on the podcast. Good job being born on the same day. And there's somebody else who else has a birthday. Tim Illich, his smile's even bigger than usual. I know this is probably against some, I don't know, or Presbyterian rule or something, but would you lead us in singing the, whole, the birth? How about you, you lead us? He'll play. Happy birthday to all these people. Does everybody remember? Yeah, that was impressive. I was impressed by you. Thank you very much for doing that. All right, with everyone in that vein, doesn't it feel like family? I like this. I like this feeling right now. Okay, let's stand up and uh, up, down, up, down. Let's quiet our hearts. Let's still our minds. Let's draw ourselves into the presence of the God who sent his one and only son, Jesus the Christ, who we're here to celebrate, who we're here to worship. Our call to worship comes from Psalm 119, and it's verses 97 and 104. Oh, how I love and treasure your law. 
Throughout the day, I fill my heart with its light. How sweet are your living promises to me. Sweeter than honey is your revelation light. Let's worship the Lord. Please be seated. And would the children and youth please come forward? Hi. Thank you, Philip. So did you guys hear the thunder last night? Yeah? It was really loud. Did you guys see the lightning last night? Did you see it? So it came right over the church yesterday. And I was upstairs working, and it's really cool place to see lightning and to hear thunder because I could look out the window, and there's nothing in the way. So I could see the lightning flashing as it went over the field and right over us, and then as it went that way, like toward Huntington, and that way toward the beach, I could still see all the lightning really far. And then I could hear the thunder rolling through, right? And I thought about that because thunder is really loud and it came right over us right here. And it was like, boom. And I had one of my dogs with me and she was like, what the heck is this? Um, So she wasn't all that thrilled about the thunder, but it was really super loud. And I thought about how scripture says, that God thunders, that his voice thunders for many different reasons. Sometimes he thunders just to show his majesty. Sometimes he's mad. Sometimes it comes through as a declaration of something. And I thought, wow, I wonder what he's proclaiming right now or if he's just moving through. Maybe he's just having, you know, a party in heaven. I don't know. But the lightning was there and everything was there. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. It, it like, reminds you of how big he is, right? Because it's so big. And we have no control over the lightning or the thunder or how big it is. And then I thought, you know, Scripture also tells us 
that we all heard at the same time of him declaring his majesty or it could just be to you personally like I'm just talking to you Kenny I'm just talking to you you know what else is really cool is that Kenny, you guys get to do this. I don't get to see it because I'm going to be back with the teachers. But he's a member officially now. And um, I think that's super cool because I got to see him born. <laughs> so anyway, it's a cool day to celebrate. So it was a cool way to have thunder and lightning as a celebration yesterday. But anyways, just a thought that I had last night. God can be our big thunder or he can be a small voice, have you? We all heard the thunder last night. When's the last time you heard a small, intimate, personal voice just speaking to you about you? Not about anybody else, just about you. That's a good thing to ask yourself, right? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that your majesty, you can declare your majesty with thunder and lightning. You are, I am that I am. Who gives out of my hand? When I act, who can reverse it? No one, Lord. And when you speak to us in a small, still voice, Who else can speak to us that way? No one. We thank you, Lord, that you know us better than anyone else and that you still choose to speak to each one of us where we are in a still, small voice. We thank you, Lord. Help us to hear this small voice this next week as we go through our week. And help us rejoice if you have more thunder and lightning for us, that you are the God of thunder and that all your lightning bolts are stored in heaven and it's you that get to throw them when you want. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you speak to us personally. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Lighter than it's you would lead me.
that make me just in the wrong key. We're in C. Sometimes guitarists need the capo. Here we go. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. 
all my days. I've been held in your hand. There we go. From the moment I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Here we go. All my life. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Love your Lord.
Compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God, though we have rebelled against him. Let us renounce our willfulness and seek his mercy by confessing our sins in penitence and faith. For failing to love others as you have loved us, God of grace, forgive us. For wasting your gifts and hoarding our goods, God of grace, forgive us. For plundering the earth and abusing the planet, God of grace, forgive us. For fearing those who are strange to us and ignoring those in need, God of grace, forgive us. For losing heart and abandoning hope, God of grace, forgive us. For all the ways we turn from you, God of grace, forgive us. Who saves us, Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends in Christ, know this. The mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting. We confess our sins to be reminded that God's surpassing grace washes over us. In Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Patterson and Kenny Almanza, please join me up here on the chancel. And actually, how about you guys go up there? You guys are making up the stairs, yeah? And face the congregation. No. I was just to give you a heads up what I'm going to ask you. We got a couple more people joining us on our journey. Are you grateful? I'm grateful too. I'm going to ask you... uh, Kenny and Donna, a couple questions, and then I'm going to ask the congregation one question, and then we're going to serenade you with the Apostles' Creed, and everybody will stand for that, and then we'll heal from our choir, but you guys are awesome. Excellent. I'm going to ask you the first question. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Please say, I do. Who is your Lord and Savior? Please say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Please say, I will with God's help. Last but not least, will, will you be a faithful member of this congregation, this local outpost of God's kingdom, Share in its worship and mission through your prayers and gifts, your study and service, 
and so fulfill your calling to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, please say, I will with God's help. Now to you, congregation, will you promise, or do you promise, to continue and encourage this brother and sister closer to the Lord? Inviting them into your homes. Walking through the valleys with them. Praising God with them on the mountaintops. Please say, we do. We do. Is that loud enough? <laughs> this is one of those moments. This is the veil between the kingdom triumphant and the kingdom on earth is thin right here. We've just made a covenant. We've just said, hey God, if you show up, we'll do this. Pop quiz. Does God always show up? Yes. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I thank you for Donna. I thank you for Kenny. I thank you for this kingdom of God outpost named PCC, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. I pray that you would fill us with your spirit and continue to use us. And all God's children said, round of applause for our new members. And I'm going to ask those that are able to stand. And we're going to bathe them with the words of the Apostles' Creed. Please join me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his holy Son, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. You may return to your seats. You can do a round of applause too. Again. Since we didn't have uh, enough time to do it, because the children to sing this was done this morning by the choir, uh, we didn't have given time to put it to the PowerPoint. So I'm going to say it's worth all this. And this is what we're going to do, and it's called the prayer, and it was sung many times by Celine Dion, Andrea Bocelli, and Judge Roman. Okay, now it made its way, made its way because of the wonderful text about the fact that God is giving us to many things and to really trust in Him that's going to do that. This was prayer with a hymn from the hall by Amfetti, a composer and arranger. And this is what we're going to do now. Let's pray.
preaching through this, the scriptures behind our new mission statement. And the, it starts last week. We talked about how it starts with worshiping Jesus Christ. And then it moves to living out God's love. The text I've picked, or the text that I think lends itself to living out God's love most appropriately is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. I remember when I was a college student, I was at Biola University worshiping at E.B. Free Fullerton, and it was just starting to lead discipleship groups. And there was this guy in our discipleship group named Tim Kay, and he had a photographic memory, and he would memorize everything that we were studying. And so he's memorizing First John as we're studying it. And I remember when we were looking at this passage, he said, it's like a waterfall of love. John just says, love. Oh, by the way, love. Oh, what about love? Many scholars say this is the heart of John's writing, of John himself. 
Jesus is his best friend. So let's, let's look at the text. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. For God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son, his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us he has, he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, who loved us first, help us to love. And all God's children said, got like five seconds because this is a very full service. But let me say this. Cling to this text. We sing a little earlier, Oh, how he loves you and me. Sing that again. That's this text, except they switched up the order because it sounds better, right? Oh, how he loves me. People walk into this room, they think they're not doing a good job at loving people. I think our number one problem as a church, capital C, is you don't know you're loved by God as much as you should. 
Notice that's where John gets the heated, like his fire starts burning. No, you don't get it. No, you don't get it. Like you come in here and you have a downcast spirit and all this stuff. The God who created the universe not only puts up with you, not only likes you a little, he adores you. He's crazy about you. He's wildly, madly thinking about you. Passionate. It says all over the Old Testament, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. What's he doing while he's awake all the time? He's thinking about you, and he's thinking about me. And he's saying, do they get it? How could, how could they? I'm saying it every single way I possibly can. Did you see the sunrise? Did you see the sunset? Did you see the ocean waves? Did you see the dolphins? Did you see the whales? Did you see the trees? Did you see the sky? Did you see the people right next to you? You are loved. We sit there. We got to sit there. There's, that's the application. There's three applications. There's one of them. You're loved by God. And how does he prove his love? He goes back to this over and over. He clings to this. He just he circles around this. Right there. Anybody, I got a cross on. Anybody got crosses in their houses? What does that scream? God loves you so much he gave his one and only son. Screams it. Like if we could hear, like on goth level, it'd be a, crazy, I love you. Maybe, it wouldn't sound like that. It would probably sound more like our choir. It's beautiful. So he absolutely adores you. And then right in the middle of it, he just circles around it. He says it a cup, but that's the way John writes. Have you ever noticed that in the Gospel of John and in Revelation? He writes in like a spiral way. He repeats things over and over until he lands on something. And right in the middle of this, there's a truth that you can't improve upon. I can't like say it any clearer. I can't tell you a story about it. God is love. Truth, capital C. There's not a C in truth. Capital T. God is love. He says, this is convicting, right? If you're not convicting, you're not convicted by this passage, you're not honest with yourself. When's the last time you honestly said in your mind's eye, I don't really like that person? God's, or John's unveiling those moments and pulling back the sheet and saying, You're a liar. You don't get it. Love that person you can see. How are you supposed, you can't, you should stop calling yourself a follower of God because you don't know God. Love is it. Sorry, I almost blew the speakers. Philip's like, whew. <laughs> Last but not least, oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you. Live out God's love. 
in your pastoral prayer last, last, sun, last Sunday, I heard Amy say, um, as she was walking through our new mission statement, she said, as we living out God's love, let us do it loudly. Loudly. I know that's not very Presbyterian. But as Terry was talking about, who thought of thunder? Who thought of lightning? It's God. And notice, it's a lynch. It's a, it's a, it's a linchpin. And he puts it this way: people, this world, the sinners walking around in the mall right now, people sitting at Starbucks have no idea about God. They don't really know who God is until they see it revealed in the life of Christians. I remember Brennan Manning, before he passed away, he he famously quote, most people who are not Christians aren't Christians because of Christians. Christians not liking one another. Christians bickering over baptism and all these little trivial things. I can't, I go, I love this Thomas Merton quote. Mike Chase is probably tired of hearing me say it, but this is from Thomas Merton. And it's right on this. He says, our job is, is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. That is not our business. And in fact, it's nobody's business. What we are asked to do is to love. And this love itself will render both ourselves and our neighbors worthy, if anything can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. As we still ourselves and we look at this text, we are asked the questions, do we receive love? If you're in here and you need to receive love, pause and do so. you need God time? Right after this service, open up your calendars and schedule some appointments with God. Do you need to express love more? Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, open our mouths that we might love and speak love the way you have loved and spoken love into our lives. And all God's children said. Okay, we can sing Jesus loves me without a hymn, right? Ready? (laughs) Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so.
Uh, did you notice the bass came in first? <laughs> that was bass like Jesus loves me. Well done. Uh, teammate, friend, amazing woman of God, Amy. So I think most of you know, um, I've been around here a while, that when I'm not here at church, I work in finance in the corporate world. And so I want to thank you for inviting me this morning to share about my relationship with Jesus Christ and how it's influenced how I think about money. No surprise to you that I'm going to talk to you about money. Um, I became a believer at the age of uh, 28, and just a very short digression, the reason I wasn't a believer earlier is exactly what, Chris, what um, Jason said, is I was repelled by other Christians. That's just a side note. But I did go to church every so often with friends, and I seemed to have that knack for going to church on the one Sunday that the pastor was talking about money. Always, always. And those instances only solidified for me what I knew to be true, that the mission of the church is to separate me or you from our money. That was the mission of the church. And I had little trust in pastors because all I could see were the tele-evangelists who were living these glorious lives of opulence while the widows and the people on Social Security were giving their last little bit of money to their um, television ministries. And I was really put off by that. But early in my Christian walk, God did impress upon me the importance of tithing. It was just shortly after my divorce. I was a new believer, maybe a year or so. And I wasn't, ends weren't even meeting. My parents were floating, my son and I, because I couldn't do it on my own salary. And, and I prayed, and I'm like, God, I, I want to do this. I want to tithe, but I can't right now. So what I will do is I will be a faithful and a faith-filled giver. And I started with just $10 a week. $10 a week, and soon $10 a week became $20 a week, and $20 a week became $50 a week, and finally, after some period of time, I was tithing. But just before I had reached that point of tithing, I woke up one Sunday morning, and I felt the Holy Spirit impressing upon me to that morning write my check for $500. $500. I didn't have $500 in my checking account. He might as well have been asking me for $5,000 or $50,000. I didn't have it. And I'm struggling as I go to church. I'm like, Lord, I don't have this. I would give it if I had it. I don't have this. And I get to church, and I listen to the sermon and worship God, and the collection plate passes me by, and I just put in my normal giving amount. And I go home from church, and I'm haunted. The Holy Spirit's not letting go of me. And I realized that that was a pivotal moment in my Christian walk 
Was I going to trust God or not? And I got to a point of just exasperation, and I, and I wrote the check almost out of defiance, and I drove it to the local post office because I knew if I didn't, I would just tear it up or take it back. And I let it go. The check was going to bounce. There was not $500 in that account. Three days later, three, I received a check in the mail from my old employer, no explanation, just a check, for $700. And my response, I looked up and I said, you paid me back with interest. Like, I would have missed that if I had, I would have missed the blessing. I would have still gotten the check, but I would have missed the blessing of trusting. And God's care and provision continued. About 10 years ago, I was unemployed, and I had, my tithe was on on an automatic giving, so I had to call the church and let them know that I wasn't working anymore and I needed to change that. And the person I spoke to just automatically assumed that I was canceling my giving. And I went, no, 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 no. Let me see. I think I can do, I think I can do $25 a week. So that was my giving now. And I was picking up all sorts of odd jobs. I was cat sitting, really. I was, um, I was blogging. I was getting paid to write blogs for a Christian website. And at the end of the month, and I was recycling. And at the end of the month, I kind of tallied up, like, what I had done and how much I had, I had earned. And I had earned $1,000. Now, I'm a math person. $25 of giving a week times four a week is $100. God actually reverse blessed me with enough income that that actually wasn't giving, it was a tithe, and I hadn't known it. The last story I want to share is a lot less fantastical, but it does illustrate God's goodness to me. In 2017, I was an independent contractor. I was working for myself. 2017 was the last year of my mom's life from... um, suffering with ALS. So you can imagine I was with her far more than I was working. And by September, I was completely out of money. Checking account, savings account, I was out of money. I was out of options. My parents would have been my go-to, but I couldn't then. And I received a letter from my bank, and it told me my home equity line of credit was expiring. Did I want to renew it? I didn't even remember signing up for a home line of credit, a HELOC. What I was able to do was to write myself a check from my HELOC. My HELOC expired. It turned into a loan, and I had money. So God turned the equity in my house into the money that I needed to survive on until I then was gainfully employed. Um, Anyway, I share my stories with you because I understand on many levels that money is the single most distractor in this world. It is what couples fight about. It is what friends fight about. And it's not, um, it's not an accident that in the Bible money is discussed more than 250 times. And it's not because God needs our money. Let's be real. Of course he doesn't. But he knew that money is going to be a potential stumbling block for all of us. 
as a new Christian when he impressed upon me tithing. It's been almost 30 years. And I can truly attest to you that I rarely, rarely worry about money. But when I do, when I do, I stop and I recall all the amazing ways that God takes care of me every day. And I simply squish the enemy for the bug that he is and stop worrying. Who of us can add even a single hour to our lives by worrying? Lean into God. Trust his goodness, for he is a good God, and he loves us all so much. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you for sharing. And that's what the stewardship pledge is about. It's about that conversation between us as a family and the God who provides time and time again. Amy had those three stories. This church has millions of them. God is so faithful through this local outpost. And so next Sunday, actually between now and next Sunday, take one of these blue sheets have a conversation with the triune God of the scriptures about what you're willing and able to pledge over 2023. And then come back next Sunday and we'll have it up front and we'll do pray over it and that kind of stuff. But let's continue in worship. And now it's the part of the service where we give back to God just a portion of what he's given to us so faithfully. For those of listening on the podcast, send your tithes and offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And for those of us in the sanctuary, you can leave them in the offering plates on the way out. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
to the Philippians, he instructed them, do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We now come to that time in our worship when we make our needs known to God. 
and we look for the peace that comes from knowing we have placed our cares in his loving hands. Pray with me. O God, you reveal yourself in the beauty of these golden days of autumn, in the shining of the harvest moon and the crisp night temperatures. And we know you will still be with us in the days of winter. We celebrate your constancy and the knowing that you will never leave or forsake us. May all who are going through trials or difficult times hear those words and find hope. Hear us now as we bring our prayers for the world in which we live and for your people. Under your law we live, O Lord, and by your will we govern ourselves. As we are nearing an election, help us to be good citizens and respect our neighbors whose views may differ from our own. Help us to work through issues that divide us and elect candidates who will serve the common welfare. Give us wisdom and clear discernment. Almighty God, by the love of Jesus Christ, you draw people to faith and welcome them into the church family. May we show your joy by embracing our new brother and sister, who with us believe and with us will work to serve you. Keep us close together in your spirit. May our faith be seen in our homes and communities, as well as in this place of worship. God, our creator, we pray for the world you have made. Overthrow evil powers, right what is wrong, encourage all those who thirst for justice. Be with the people of the Ukraine as they have been the recipients of missiles landing on civilian living spaces, destroying communities and taking innocent lives. Protect these weary people, we pray. Defeat the enemy. End this war. Over and over, O Lord, we have prayed for rain. We thank you for what we have received. We thank you that parched fields and lawns have received water and reservoirs have had some refilling. We thank you for the beautiful sound of rain on the roof and the fresh, earthy smell of the land around us. Mighty and merciful God, you sent Jesus to heal broken lives. We pray that today you extend your hand and send healing through doctors and nurses and through technology and medicine. We claim your promise of wholeness as we pray for those who are ill in body or mind and who long for your healing touch. Make the weak strong, the sick healthy, the broken whole, and confirm those who serve them as agents of your love. Comfort and relieve all who are in trouble, sorrow, poverty, sickness, grief, especially those known to us whom we name in silence. Heal them in body, mind, or circumstance. We ask for healing for Gwen Conway 
and the injuries she suffered in her fall. We pray for wisdom in her physicians, proper treatment to be done, relief from pain, and for healing to take place. Give her patience in this process. Oh God, keep us from taking your blessings for granted as though we were entitled to all you give. We have what surrounds us because of your grace. We unceasingly praise you for your unending mercy and care in Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand as we sing our final hymn, which affirms everything we've been talking about this morning. They'll know we are Christians by our love. excited to live out God's love with you. Are you guys ready? 
Me too. And next week, Stewardship Sunday, bring your pledges and we'll pray over them. I'm grateful to God for each and every one of you. And thank you for coming this morning. I'll send you out with this benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Let it be so. Amen.